Luke, chapter 10, verse 16. He who hears you, hears me. He who rejects you, rejects me. And he who rejects me, rejects him who sent me. If the children of God would have closely paid attention to these kind of places of Scripture, they would stop criticizing saints whom God has anointed to carry responsibility for the church of God. When something is not understanding to them or they stumble on something, they immediately begin to inspect, to criticize, and to be in turmoil, not understanding that in doing so, they in doing so are rejected. They reject God because this person represents represents the fatherhood of God. And if you don't understand, let, if you don't understand, close your lips and there will come time you'll understand because that which you will do not understand. But if this is spoken by the messenger of God, then this is the truth. And from that, from the fact that you don't understand doesn't mean that the truth stops being the truth. The sun doesn't stop seeing stopping the sun. According to this and other places of Scripture, our obedience as well as our disobedience to the delegated authority of God appointed by Him over us is the corresponding sowing which will be followed by a harvest of either eternal life or eternal death. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 8. I would like to pay attention to this verse from a position that highlights the specific principle of the cooperation of our life with either the life of God or with the works of the flesh. The flesh which controls our carnal mind. Specifically, the soil into which we sow, not what we sow, but that soil into which we sow is the soil that we trust in, rely on. And on the contrary, that soil which we trust in will be the soil that we sow in. You know fully well that all of the mammons, mammons, they always say that the more you sow, the more you will receive in return. But here it doesn't talk about what you sow. Here it talks about where you sow, into what kind of soil do you sow the seed. You can sow a lot, but if this will be, if you this will be sown into the flesh, and how do you know? Are you sowing in the flesh or the spirit? If you sow in the spirit, you sow into the messenger of God. If you sow, then you will have full humility and full and his full spiritual authority. But if this is not there, you will sow in the flesh because your flesh leads you. Your flesh is your deity, your God. With this, we should consider that based on the fallen nature of our essence, with which we were born from the sinful seed of our fathers in the flesh, it is far easier for us to trust in the flesh and sow in the flesh and not the Spirit. The soil in which we sow is the source from which we drink and the vessel from which we draw water. Where we drink from, there we will sow, and therefore, thus will be our harvest. 
Stop drinking from the vessel of your own mind, from the vessel of mass media, media which 90% of it is false. And they say this themselves, that 90% of mass media information is false. These are, these are means that have been paid for by certain donors and people who want to control it. John 4, 14, Jesus says, But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Not those whom we appoint so that they can be our teachers, but those whom God has established. He says, Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. So water, meaning the truth that the Holy Spirit gives us through hearing the Word of God. If we accept it, even if we don't understand it, just as the disciples had not understood, how could they eat the blood and drink the eat the body and drink the blood but they said we know that you have you have the knowledge of eternal life that the words that you have spoken relate to the words of eternal life although we don't understand them when he offered to them do you want to go like the others they were they stumbled seduced and Peter said Lord we have nowhere to go you you have the keys to eternal life Jesus didn't explain to him how to eat of the eat of the eat of the body and drink of the of the blood he didn't explain to them and so if our source is ourselves or people who rejects the authority that God placed over us, then this means that our sowing turns into the flesh, and therefore, in time, we will reap corruption. To justify ourselves in our own eyes and calm our conscience and our disobedience to the authority appointed by God over us, we turn to the source of a different authority which, have also, which has also been placed by God, just not over us. For it's always easier for us to trust the authority that God appointed, not just over us, personally. This is the flesh lying to itself, because this sowing is none other than the unwillingness to come to God and His conditions, or slowly, or sowing to the flesh. In time, Jesus expressed His thought this way, You search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and these are they which testify of Me, but you are not willing to come to Me, that you may have life. John 5, verses 39-40 By behaving this way, people are oftentimes seduced and lead others astray by believing that they will have eternal life by relying on their thinking, which oftentimes comes from their grievances and their vanity. You know, those who are vain always think that they are enlightened. They understand medicine, they understand culture, they understand science. You know that the Word of God is higher above all medicine, above all science, above all culture. It stands over it. Thus, Jesus says, 
Most assuredly I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. Thus, only those people who voluntarily discipline themselves to being taught to distinguish the voice of God in the face of the authority placed over us from other voices that were placed by God, just not over us, will inherit eternal life. According to Scripture, a married woman is not required to obey all men, but only the one who is her lawful husband, just like we are not required to listen to all shepherds, but only those whom God personally placed over us. But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John chapter 10, verses 26 through 27. According to the nature of sheep, they refuse to follow just any voice, including theirs, except for the voice of their shepherd. And they follow him without any groaning or doubt, even when he leads them to the pasture through the valley of the shadow of death. Should always be borne in mind that it is not the passage through the Black Sea which caused the stormy joy of the flesh and dancing before God that demonstrates faithfulness and humility before God, nor the possession of the earth flowing with milk and honey, but the passage through the wilderness. It is the wilderness yielding the format of sanctification that forms the character of a person and reveals his true motives and values. A wilderness is the place of our of the cooperation of our life with the life of God and an indication of our humility and faithfulness. Jesus spoke about this to his disciples. You are those who have continued with me in my trials, and I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my Father bestowed one upon me, that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Luke chapter 22, verses 28 through 30. So, when the storehouses are full and the wine presses are overflowing with wine, is good. But it's not this kind of sowing that opens the entrance into the kingdom of heaven and demonstrates a high indication of humility, faithfulness, and trust in God. Only sowing which is sown in adversity reveals our true motives and values, which, from our side, gives us the opportunity to worship God and know His heart as the heart of our Father. And such sowing gives God the basis to first, bless us with all kinds of spiritual blessings in heaven, and second, with all the blessings of the abyss lying below, meaning health, riches, and longevity. Today's economic and political crisis provoked by the coronavirus is not a provocation and not a pre-planned action of the secret communities of Freemasons, Illuminati, and bankers, as the media are trying to convince us of this. This would be too much honor for them. Their father is the father of all lies, and he painfully wants to convince everyone who is under his control that everything is being done in advance according to his planned scenario. However, this is a big lie. 
To these clever people and those who believed them and followed their lead, I want to object again and again and remind the repeated statement in Scripture. The earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Psalms 24, 1. If mass media were to tell you how many Illuminatis and Freemasons and bankers die, they talk usually about everyone, but regarding these people, they don't speak of their statistics. They die just an even, more, even greater rate from all kinds of illnesses and also from the coronavirus. Therefore, they are not those people who had released this virus. This is the sin of man as a whole. The earth is concluding its sinful parade, and the release of all kinds of viruses is still ahead. This, this is just flowers compared to what will be. But we, being the children of God, already have eternal life. We already have eternal life. Because when we hear the Word of God, and the Word of God dwells forever, and when we place it into our heart, when we accept it, and when we proclaim it, we accept eternal life. And this eternal life guides us rules over us just as in our death as well as in our life. If we die, we die to the Lord. If we live, we live for the Lord. We are going to worship God right now and serve Him with tithes and offerings, without which our worship would be impossible. Let us stand. And we will sing together. Let Jesus rule over my heart. Neither silver, nor riches, nor the gift of the Holy Spirit, nor anointing, neither blessing, but the Word of God, which Jesus presents. And we will, in, our, in the joy of our hearts, honor God as a privilege, as an opportunity, in order for Him to open the rivers of living water and pour out His blessings upon us abundantly.
And so I will gladly remind you that each time when Israel had honored God, tithes and offerings, either in the tabernacle of Moses or the temple of Solomon, they were called to according to the words of Moses who had received them from the Lord to raise their hands over their offerings before the Lord and proclaim that proclamation that they were faithful to for thousands of years. We, being that same Israel tied to that same root, drinking from the root of the same tree will do the same thing. Please raise your right hand over your offerings and pray along with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I have separated the tithes from my home and brought them into your home so that your home may have food. I do not give impurely. I do not give in sorrow. And I do not give for the dead. I rejoice that I have the privilege to express my love and to acknowledge your authority. And according to your word, I ask you right now, may your heavenly windows be opened and may your blessings come down abundantly upon your redeemed nation. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. May the Lord bless you. You may be seated.